and welcome to Taylor's Life. Today I've got a really, really exciting episode and I'm joined by a good friend from university, Erica. Today we're going to be chatting about our experiences, going to university and being in foster care. So without further ado, let's welcome Erica to the Taylor's Life podcast. Hello Erica and welcome. Hi Taylor, thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. I'm so excited to have you. I remember we met like first week at uni and the rest has sort of been history really, hasn't it? Yeah, it was like we had a mutual friend and then we're like, oh, like you grew up in foster care like I did. Oh, this is great. Honestly, I'd never expected to meet somebody so soon in foster care, like because um, and I'll chat a little bit more about it in a second. Only six percent of care leavers go to university. So the likelihood of Erica and I knowing exactly the same person and meeting within like a few days of going to Aberystwyth was a little bit crazy a little bit surreal but here we are so speaking of history what are you doing at the moment well in a strangely really connected um so obviously in abba i did a undergrad in history but now i study at the university of york and i do a master's in public history which is kind of how we communicate history to wider audiences instead of purely academics yeah Okay, so after going to a master's, would your typical sort of um, work path lead you to being a lecturer or something like that? Sort of, but like it's more of talking about history in heritage spaces. So I could work in museums, like like the head office of museums and organise how can we make visitors experience experiences better at museums how can we understand history in a better and easier and more diverse way than we currently do now that's really really exciting and I think you know with your magical mind at the forefront of that museums are going to be they're going to be booming everybody's going to be wanted to go to museums Erica (laughs) well I mean that's my goal (laughs) so now I've got I'm on the history like sort of wording I'm like now let's go to the past (laughs) so let's go to the past and let's chat about if you're okay chatting about it your sort of journey into foster care like would you mind just opening up a little bit about a timeline and your way up to university okay so I went into foster care when I was seven and then I had a placement until, well, my first placement until I was nine. And then from nine, I went into my second placement, which I've stayed with until now. So I've been there for 14 years plus. Oh, my word. A very long time for anyone to... That's almost like, unheard of. I know. And I think it's 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 weird because... Like, I get asked about my experience, uh, um, like, my life at uni so, so many times. But I, and I think in some ways, mine's a little bit, like, everyone's is different. But I think in the way that mine's different is that I had really good background support. Mm. So it felt as normal to me as possible. But, like, obviously, there were some differences. Like, in, like in school, I remember having... Um, our personal education plan or a pep meeting as we used to call it (laughs) and I used to hate having those in schools because I was like I do not want to be pulled out a lesson I like don't want to be like oh like oh why is Erica going to a meeting 
No. So instead, I actually elect. I actually asked along with my foster carers to have them actually at my foster carers' house. So in terms of my school life, it wouldn't be as interrupted as possible. I get that. I remember mine being during school hours. And everybody asks questions because teenagers are curious. They want to know what they can do to get pe- to be pulled out of class. And they're like, so what did you do? <laughs> can I be pulled out of class? And I'm just like, no, trust me, you don't want to be pulled out of class. <laughs> but no, and lack meetings as well. Did you have yours during school hours? Because again, mine was during school hours. Well, at first I did, and then we organised them for after-school hours. So I'd, like, get home from school, maybe about half an hour break, and then suddenly uh, I would have, like, people in my sitting room. But the weird thing about it was, though, obviously every school has its, uh, like, kind uh I don't know what the proper name for them, but it's usually, like, if you're in foster care, you'll, you'd probably speak to this person. Yeah, well, I think it was, like, in my school, it was a safeguarding officer, but I don't know if it was different for other schools. Well, it's like, they, I, th- I think they have different names, but like, but I would have that person in my living room. <laughs> like in primary school, like that was fine. But in high school, I remember this being really weird. I can because, imagine. Because me and my friend, I would talk to my friends, I was like, oh yeah, so-and-so was just in my living room last night. How well I'm doing in school. And but did no. you do really well in school? Uh, so, I mean, yes and no. Like, to, I must admit, and this is for someone who is, who I was chosen to do a master's, I don't do well at academics. What? Like, I do well, like, I get marks, but I'm not fully, like, a full-on academic. I, I don't have the concentration for it. If that makes sense, I can't focus for long periods of time. Do you do like little and often sort of thing when it comes to writing essays and doing research? Or all at the last minute. (laughs) (laughs) It's either one of the two. It's either one of the two extremes. But so like, but fair like GCSEs, I did pretty well. A level. And then obviously my undergrad went really well, which allowed me to do my master's. And fingers crossed, my master's goes well. My fingers are tightly crossed for you. I'm sure it will be completely fine. And honestly, it's really, really interesting knowing that like you had two placements and you've been in the same placement for 14 plus years. Like that in my head is absolutely crazy because I remember during my GCSE years, my A-level years, things were just a bit rocky, do you know what I mean? And like, it does have a detrimental effect or can have a detrimental effect on people's education. So the fact that like you had that stability is absolutely incredible. And your foster parents, kudos to them, because a lot of foster parents have been like, you're 18, you know, Bob's your uncle, out you go. But no, they've taken you in as their own. And I think that's absolutely amazing and beautiful and more foster carers need to aspire to be like that well it's it's one of those things because even after I because technically now that I've left foster care in my local care system it's known as a when I'm ready so you kind of choose foster care when you're ready okay well yes and no it's like there is a deadline to it so there is a like so if you're under the age 21 you get full support from your local services. However, if you're in full-time education, like I still am, 
you that carries on until you're 25 but thankfully with my foster carers and this is very much kudos to them is that even after I've left that when I'm ready stage and I'm like I have fully left the foster care system they have still elected that I can stay with them if needs be like they don't want me to become too much of a home bird they want me to leave eventually but they said whilst like obviously coming out of university whilst I find my feet I can still stay with them which is that's amazing because I think for a lot of um children or young people in foster care that transition from uni to the next stage in your life can be really scary like I remember leaving university didn't want to do a master's wasn't for me but I needed to get a job so I was applying for everything left right and center I was like oh my word what am I gonna do so I worked in a cafe all summer just to sort of like pay the bills or whatever and then I got like my job but it that's transitiony bit can be quite scary for many many people and um yeah I just got a smile on my face I'm so happy that like they 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 haven't kicked you out but it's like almost unheard of I remember for myself when I was 17 I went on the when I'm ready scheme um and that's why it was a bit rocky doing my a-levels because doing A-levels, you still sort of want a bit of stability because you're like, you know, I want to go to university and Mm -hmm. I need a little bit of stability in my life to make sure that I get the grades. And yeah, I went on the when I'm ready. So things were were moving around and stuff because I didn't stay in the same home. I moved to a different place. So it was just like, oh God, I have to pack up my life all again. And then when I was 18, I got out of there so it was just like just a crazy couple of months but going to university honestly changed my life and I don't know how you felt about going to university did you feel like as a young person in foster care even though you had this sort of stability at home did you feel like as a label of being in foster care did you feel held back in any sort of way one of I think the most confusing parts for me especially going to university because I always always kind of knew I was going to go to university like I'm not the first person to go into university in my family my sister is and so for me I had someone to look up to so I was like she's gone to university I can go to university and I knew I had the support and like obviously going to university it's sometimes it doesn't always work out some people flunk out within the first few months so it's kind of a big commitment kind of a risky commitment and thankfully I had a like a solid foundation to work upon but the one thing that I remember fully was the student finance system because what was interesting was that my placement was in England but technically I was a Welsh like care order. Oh. So I was like, which one do I apply for? I ended up applying for Student Finance Wales and then having to give them a letter saying that um why I couldn't apply online because when I applied online, as soon as it registered my placement's postcode, it would say you need to apply for Student Finance England. That is but- so bizarre. 
so I so I so I'm so to this day I'm I could have maybe applied for student finance England but I applied for Wales and I had to do a like a old-fashioned paper document of about 50 pages and I had to give them a letter saying why I was applying to, to student finance Wales even though my address was in England and but the thing that I found really confusing was the bit where you had to provide financial information. Mm. Well, because... did you, I had to, I swear to God, and I don't know if I'm just like imagining this in my sort of mind. I feel mm. like I got to skip all of that. I swear there was a button that was like, are you a care leaver? And I just clicked on the button and va va voom. No, but so I think on the paper form it didn't have a nice little button. Oh. It was I had to class myself as so I didn't realise until later on and that I was considered an independent learner because so I was so like they usually do it for people who are like maybe mature students or people who live in the like the well who are care leavers and so your classes and so you don't ha so you don't have anyone technically you can depend on, and I didn't realize that for ages because I was like, do I need to, like do I need to put their financial information? But on the form it only says your mother and dad's. Do I need to put my mother's financial information? And I was like, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get a hold of that. So it took me a long time to do this form in because I didn't realize until someone explained to me that no I was actually classed as an independent uh student and I would have to I could skip all that I mean if they just had like are you a care leaver tick move on to this section I would have been so much easier but oh my gosh that honestly sounds like a right faff like it really really does but one thing about Aberystwyth that I'm like so thankful for they had so much support at least I thought there was a lot of support because you could apply for financial support from them mm -hmm. I remember going into my room for the first time and they had like pots and pans and like just all of that sort of stuff did you have that as well I still have all those plates like <laughs> I just thought it was such a like a nice thing to do because I don't know if all universities are like that but um, mm. yeah I think that's where Aberystwyth sort of stands out and um, we had like emails, didn't we? Like once every couple of months off Doug, who featured in my little documentary. I don't think he's doing the job anymore, but um, yeah, just checking in. And I thought that was just really, really lovely. It, it, it was lovely. And like, we got assigned, like, I'm not, I'm not sure if you did, but I got assigned a mentor who would also come in and check on you saying, is there anything I can do? And, and it was really lovely. Like, Aberystwyth like it was like it was a good university and even though I never really needed it but because I thankfully could go back to my like foster carers over the summer period but they did offer student summer accommodation for care leavers and, and I thought that was pr like pretty good I'm not sure if that's standard across all universities but I thought this was quite amazing that like you could still stay in within ABBA maybe not in your room but you could still stay within ABBA during that summer period so you didn't have to worry about where the heck am I gonna live for three months whilst I wait for like to go into my next year 
Yeah, they had. So you had to move out of the room that you were like staying in. But do you know, um, Rossa, I think it is. So the Rossa buildings, um, you could stay in there. And um, yeah, I just thought that was so, so lovely. And um, you do have to pay towards it, but it's like a hugely discounted sort of thing. So yeah, and because you get your financial support for being a care leaver that can go towards it as well so they really really do look out for their care leavers and that's one thing i praise Aberyst with on and i'm going to just quickly chat about the fact that only six percent of care leavers go to university so for my lovely listeners erica actually was a contributor for my final year film about the fact that only 6% of Kelly was good to university. And um, yeah, I'm really, really thankful that she has been a guest on it. And I want to tell you, Erica, actually, that was played at the Foster Wheels conference last year. So everybody in Wheels has seen your face now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I just hope my like good angle was caught, you know. <laughs> it, it was most definitely was. You're all good angles, don't worry. But that was like a huge sort of moment. And I was just wondering, how do you feel about that statistic? Because it's literally mental. I was honestly shocked it was so low. Because it's it, it's one of those things, because foster kids aren't a, you know, homogenous group. There are we are we are all different. We all come from different paths of life. And I never thought sometimes about how lucky I was with how my care experience went until I probably did that documentary. Well, it's just crazy to think about it because I feel like, and this is like my sort of like mindset on it. I think for a lot of young people in foster care, they need that stability. So by the time they get to 18 or even throughout their education, if they, they're not doing like great academically, you have to like sort of raise the question, why have they got other stuff going on in their mind? Can they, can they not focus in school because they don't know where they're going to be sleeping that night? So there's like a lot of like different things that can, well, lots of different factors that can chip in as for why many young people don't end up going to university and not that university is like you have to go sort of thing but I feel like that statistic should be a little bit higher but also I think by the time you get to 18 um, and you're kicked out a lot of young people they are kicked out which is like really really unfortunate but it's the sort of the truth about the sort of situation they're like well I have bills to pay like I have to find money somewhere so they just go into employment and just go from there and well actually lots of young people in foster care don't even end up in employment the statistics I can't remember off the top of my mind I put it in the description box but lots of care leavers are homeless which is absolutely crazy and I think I don't know exactly what the t- statistic is, but I'll find it in, and put it in the description box. We are the most likely category to commit suicide. I think that's absolutely just mental. Like, 
can't get I can get my head around it because I I can understand why young people would feel like that is their only sort of option but it shouldn't be do you know what I mean do you think that we should have support up until we're 21 no matter if we go to university or whatever anyway you know a hundred percent like so thankfully with and this is something that's mind-boggling that I how your experience differs depending on what local care authority you come from so I my local care authority powers they very nicely pay much for my rent so that was a huge financial burden taken off me in university and but outside of university one of the things they do offer is support up until I'm 21 even if I'm not in full-time education and I am not sure what it is like on in other local authorities I know there are differences because when I've spoken to people that they're they're about what their local care authority does for them it is different but I 100% because you can't when I I'm 23 now and when I look back at 18 year old me Yes, technically I'm an adult. Technically I can vote, I can drink and and all that, but am I ready to go into the world all by myself? Because not only like like obviously and this is not my situation, but sometimes you 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 may not have your foster carers behind you. You might not even have your birth family behind you because of like past issues. And also current ones as well. And then suddenly you're, you're this single being. You have so many responsibilities. Like, heck, even, even as someone who is still in education, who kind of has a grasp of the outside world, even I struggle sometimes. And I can't imagine being 18 and having everything be your own responsibility. Definitely. It's literally mental and like I feel that like there's this stereotype that many care leavers or young people in foster care turn to drink and drugs or whatever and I have a theory and this is my theory. I feel like some people and it can happen to anybody if you don't have stability at home or any sort of stability in your life like school was a huge sort of like stability for me like I loved school like I had a really really good relationship with like my music teacher and she was my rock but lots of young people they turn to well they may turn to the wrong sort of crowd just because it feels like home so they have like familiarity there they have stability there and it might not be the right crowd and I feel like when young people turn 18 you're the most vulnerable then so if you're literally just sort of thrown into the streets essentially without any sort of income coming in no financial support nothing like that no emotional support 
you don't have a roof over your head it can be really really scary and even the thought of it now it boils my blood I'm so like angry that this happens and I don't know what your sort of um, thoughts on this is but for a lot of MPs or the police or other corporate parents how would they feel if their children got kicked out onto the streets when they were 18 because technically they're legally our parents for that time so how would they feel and going back to that like sort of sometimes negative stereotype of foster kids what i think people have to realize is there was a reason why they were in the foster care system like as a child and as maybe as a young teenager experiences that happened to them wasn't their fault yet because sometimes they're not given that stability it sometimes feels like it becomes their fault that and I feel like it's always one of those things of like because I used to joke as well that um that the government was technically my parent because yeah and I and I can't imagine like how they would feel if if, if their children were, were treated sometimes the same way as like how some foster kids are treated it's just crazy and like I understand there's a lot of rules and regulations in place to keep us safe and I say that in quotation marks because a lot of the time young people aren't safe in foster homes or they feel like they have to sneak out of the house even to like feel a sense of like being alive do you know what I mean because I like say for example I had so many rules in all of my sort of placements and it was different for everybody but these were rules that I had to like abide by but seven o'clock every day my phone had to be downstairs and I wasn't allowed any sort of technology or whatever past seven o'clock and like when I tell other young people that they're like what that's mental but like it's weird because like I missed out on like speaking to my friends whatever or phone calls in the evening or whatever and like you do miss out on experiences like I don't know how it was for you because you were in like a long really long term placement but social services had to sign my consent forms to go away on trips and stuff so I actually missed out on a lot of trips growing up because I didn't get the consent form back in time so it's just I don't know everywhere sort of differs yeah, no, that, that, my one, I suppose, gripe is the difference. Like, I don't understand how, how you can be in the same system and have wildly different experiences. Like, mental. I feel like maybe it could be down to like how the young person is, but it shouldn't be that. Everybody should have like the same support, the same sort of, um meetings everything like that like everybody should be the same because we are the same we're, we're going through the same thing same system everything like that oh it's just crazy like, to think about it in some ways 
I can understand why they want socials like care to remain like as a local authority sort of thing. Hmm. But I think that there should be certain standards that should be like, for example, if we're talking about the entirety of Wales, they should be the same for matter what local care authority you belong to in Wales. Like I shouldn't really like, like really have the talk of saying, oh, I get this. You you don't get this. Like what? Like how is like just because you're in one area rather than another? You know? Yeah, it's crazy, and I don't know if it might be because some. I don't know if like all sort of local care authorities have the same money package. So if some young some places have less young people than others some might more money might go for towards the other young people because i remember my um local authority we just there was so many of us but i like i don't know if that maybe would have been a contributing factor to why some people may receive more support than others it shouldn't be a factor but it could be so, so it, it may be that it also may could be like a, a, a like a culture thing of within the organization Definitely. because there are certain like like other foster kids i've spoken to who who belong to the same care authority that i did but were they're a few years older than me they receive stuff that i didn't and like i must admit i come from a place of privilege where I didn't really need those things but it's it's I mean it, it's nice to be offered them at least you know what I mean even if you didn't necessarily need them and with that sort of being said what advice would you give young people who are listening to this that may want to go to university but feel like they can't because they're in foster care I know it takes a lot of research and it takes a lot of time and effort and I know people may not have the motivation to do this like I like I was just saying before I finally find the motivation to you know concentrate for long periods myself but find all your like all your the sport you can get like yeah. you should never feel bad about taking stuff that you're entitled to. Absolutely, I feel like everybody should be entitled to the same thing. And like a lot of the time, I feel like young people don't realize that they're entitled to certain things. So yeah. on, it will all be online somewhere. Do you know what I mean? It's gotta be online. And if I can find links to local authorities in Wales, I will probably add them into the description box just so you can have a look. But that is only if I find some. Yeah. But have had like talk to your uh, social worker or your support worker, but also if the university that maybe you've got into or you're thinking of applying to, find out who is their like kind of foster care leave liaison sort of person. Uh, so basically, perhaps your version of our Doug, <laughs> and find what the university offers and how and obviously certain people are going to need certain things like perhaps if you are living by your own 
do they offer this the summer accommodation yeah I think that's really really good advice actually like make sure your university offers support for care leavers because it will go a long way when you're a student it really really but it's also make sure it fits your needs because I feel like most universities may offer well I can't fully speak on all universities but like but make sure what they offer suits you and this and that's not to put anyone off but and that that's to try and support to to support you to go because university I feel like has changed my life I have uh, been allowed to gradually go into the outside world and not go you know comes blazing yeah I respect that I honestly university changed my life as well and I would tell everybody and anybody to just do it if you can and you know I've met the lovely Erica at university as well and we probably would be doing this podcast if we weren't in university together so that's one beautiful thing that stemmed from university which is amazing have you got any sort of goals that you have planned well um I'm in the middle of writing a 20,000 word dissertation so that's the joys that's so so that's uh lovely so my future goals at the moment is probably to get that completed but then aside from that who knows hopefully one day working in museums but that's so exciting honestly I do love a good museum mate thank you so much Erica for being on the Taters Life podcast it really does mean a lot that you come forward and said you'll be on my podcast oh you're welcome anytime Thank you so much and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye.